Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Joe Prano. Prano, coming to you live from the Shactory in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host and guest for the day, Lachlan Patterson. Lachlan, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. I am uh, I'm very excited to have you on. Uh, we are sitting here in uh, your garage-turned-podcast studio, former I, home of the Kooks of Comedy. I should say I'm excited to have you on. We're <laughs> yeah, we're in your garage. We're using your equipment. You're just on my show. Right. I was like, can you set everything up and I'll come interview you for my sports podcast? And you're like, sure. Just bring beer. Just bring beer. And uh, we're smoking cigars in honor of the, the end of the last dance. We, we are. This is, uh, it feels good. How does it feel, smoking a cigar? It feels good. I haven't had a cigar in a while. I actually have a few at my place, too, that I've, I've looked at a few times and been like, actually, a uh, gift of a guest or uh, a fan of our show, Kyle Aronofsky, uh, he gave me a couple that are sitting... Um, you know, very well kept in a uh, in a nice humidor situation. Um, any any relation to Andre Arlovsky, the uh, the UFC fighter? I don't think so. Oh. But, but maybe Kyle will let us know. And uh, I always think about smoking them, but then I'm always like, oh, my place is like 200 square feet, and if I smoke a cigar in here, it's going to be ridiculous. But you know what? Now I've got a taste for it again. Maybe I'll go home and just keep keep the cigar thing rolling. I'd say I would say you save it for a celebration. You you plan it. I actually planned. I've had these cigars for a while now, and I originally had planned them for um, when I finally got my comedy special released, mm-hmm. uh, and I had a couple of puffs. But watching the docu series, The Last Dance, it just it was like you know every time Jordan was interviewed, he's just got that cigar. And next then to they him. showed him at the end. He had he had like a long he had like an extra long like cigarella. Yeah, fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that, that was. wasn't a cigarella. It was thick. Yeah, it was still it was like a like a foot long hot dog. Yeah, the um, Dodger dog. Well, you just touched on a couple of things that are the reason that I wanted to have you on the show right now. And the first one, and most importantly, is that you recently released your comedy special. Dark White. Yes. The Lachlan Patterson story. Right. Um, you filmed it around this time last year down in Huntington. You were there. I was there. Um, it was a fantastic evening of comedy uh, to watch live. It was a fun night. And it was a fantastic evening of comedy to rewatch uh, when I when I rented it or bought it or whatever I did. You have two um, options. If you you can buy and watch it or you can share and watch it. Yeah. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find it and... You know, my last special, I have no idea where it is. I, 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 I enlisted the help of a production company to help sell my comedy special, and they sold it. But I signed a contract that basically I lost the rights to the entire thing. So they took it wherever they wanted. And that, was your, that was your last special, yeah. Lachlan Patterson Live from Venice Beach. Yes. I have no idea where that is. Right. Maybe it was on. It was on the. It was on the streaming platform formerly known as CISO for a while. It's, it was on CISO, and then CISO went under, and I was like, okay, okay, at least that's over. And maybe I can buy it. I don't know. 
and then and it was then, on then it was on black HBO for a minute. I was on Stars. Oh yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> and uh I have no idea where I when you google it, it doesn't it's hard to find. So, I didn't want that to happen again, especially since CISO wasn't even available in Canada or in other parts of the world where I really wanted my special to get to. So I tried to fight because them. you are Canadian for I'm our Canadian. fans who don't know you. Yes, you have been a guest on our show before, and anybody who obviously listened to us on the Kooks of Comedy knows you. But there are, I'm sure, some dirt balls that have arrived since your long ago appearance on this show. So you're a Canadian man. You wanted it to be available in Canada. Yes, athletic, uh, athletic uh, highlight moment guarding Steve Nash in high school. But I'm from Canada, and so well, I mean, we, we're not just going to gloss over that. We can't? How, no. How was guarding Steve Nash? Steve Nash surprisingly big. You know, he's one of those guys. He looks small in the NBA, but probably almost our height. Would you say he was dunking in warmups? Yeah, he could dunk. Barely. But, uh, but about he's Steve about, Nash, about six three, six four, uh, six two, six two. Okay, six two, six one. Um, he was maybe at the guard. time, maybe even at the time, maybe he's grown a little. Maybe he's grown. Yeah, maybe he. Grew I grew. Up. I grew an inch in college. Okay. I did, I grew yeah. a foot size, a shoe size in college. That's I didn't go to college, but I called that part of yeah. my life. Eighteen to twenty-two, right? Eighteen Funny to twenty-three just... for Andy Ruther. <laughs> 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 um, he was hard to guard, man. He uh, so at first I wasn't guarding him; I was a center, and he was a point guard. But um, they were doing a lot of that uh, pick and roll, and I would, you know, I would call the pick early so that the my buddy Matt, my, the, our, our point guard, could get around the pick. Um, but he was just eating Matt alive. Yeah. And he was eating everybody alive. And I really wanted to see Fair. what all the hype was about. I mean, two-time NBA MVP. Yeah. D- dominating Canadian high school basketball. <laughs> but I honestly thought I was better than him. Yeah. In my head. In my head, I'm like, what's all the hype about? And here he is right in front of me, eating us alive. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even guarding him. Let me try to guard him. So I called a late pick uh, when it was set, I called it a bit late, so Matt got stuck, and uh, we just switched. Oh, you wanted the switch. I wanted the switch. I called switch every time after yeah. that and tried to guard him, and, man, I fouled him. Oh, every time he drove, I fouled him, and he got by me. Either way, the ref wouldn't even call it, and he got by me. He dribbled a, like an inch from the ground. That was the thing is you couldn't steal the ball because – he was dribbling so low. His eye, his thought processes were ahead of mine too. When I switched, he had already predicted my switch, and as soon as I even got leaned away from my uh, my guy, my guard, he was passing to that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like he hit me before I even got to switch, and I was, oh man. So you were saying when you when you're going up against Nash that you're. You're demanding the switch. You want Nash, and you did. You did something similar uh, with your special in comedy. You <laughs> wanted Jerry Seinfeld, right? You put out Dark White on May fifth, and uh, I knew Seinfeld his... put it out the same day. Some people refer to Seinfeld as one of the goats. Yep. You know, certainly an uh, certainly a Nash like career. He had a he had a window in the '90s and the early 2000s where he was winning MVPs. And you said, "I want." Jerry. Back-to-back MVPs. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I wanted Steve Nash, and I want Jerry Seinfeld. I'm going after him. So I released my comedy special the same day as his came out. 
So I did knew you get, he was going to Did you get any it. feedback? Did you get anybody who was like, I'm watching yours first, then I'll go to Seinfeld's or vice versa? Or like, I, I want to watch Dark White Lachlan, but first I've got to watch What's the Deal With or whatever his is called. <laughs> what is his called? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's very big. Yeah. I'm always worried about naming a comedy special something way too big. Like one of his was, I think, I'm telling this for the last time. Right. And that's like that's like an announcement of almost this from, is from my mouth to God's ears, right? <laughs> I try not to do that. The last dance, the last dance. You yeah. know, there's not going to be another one, right? Except for the wizards thing, but yeah, otherwise, besides the wizards thing, let, let me ask thing. you this <laughs> because I know this is where we have to go. We've already plugged my special, right? Please, you all, please, please go, go by. To, please, please go, go to, to LachlanPatterson.com and buy or rent Lachlan special and watch it. And it's fantastic. Thanks, man. It took me a long time to do, and I put a lot of work into it. There's some little neat things in it, a lot of fun jokes. There's probably I, some bits uh, that made an appearance in the latest of episodes on new bits of the Kooky sure. Comedy, or maybe the new bits guest segment that we did when you did my podcast, but I, I, I recognize some new bits. Under new management? Under new management, yeah. I remember working on that, not really knowing what it meant, just knowing that that sign, uh, I didn't understand. Why do they write that there? Um, you know, that just doesn't make me want to eat there. So the last uh, month or so on this show, Andy Ruther and I have been recapping The Last Dance uh, every Monday. It's yeah. been the majority of the show. You're a 90s Bulls guy. Yeah. You grew up being a Bulls fan, a Jordan fan, and I just thought it was perfect to have you on for the final, for the last, last dance. We could sort of recap the whole thing. You could tell me how you feel about it as like a, a lifelong Michael Jordan guy. And, sure. And, and what, what's your takeaway on the doc? Did, let me ask you this. Did you learn anything about Michael Jordan that you, uh, you didn't know before? Because I feel like you are one of those guys who, if you like something, you get in deep. I feel like you probably knew a lot about Michael Jordan. We'll get into that, but first, but first, I will need to ask you a question. Okay. And I think I already know the answer because you're sitting here with a cane and suffering, uh, recovering from a broken leg. And if I asked you which you would rather have losing <laughs> in a shark attack, arm or leg, what <laughs> yeah. would you say? I'm still going with I would rather lose a leg. With with a leg, which I I knew because you're not a person who changes his mind for any reason. You're, that's yeah. a very stubborn point of view, I would think. Well, you know... You are still recovering. I am. And if you had a, lost your arm, you wouldn't be recovering anymore. If I had lost my arm? Well, if, if I had lost my leg, I wouldn't be recovering anymore either, right? You're still... You'd, you'd be recovering from it, a, bro- I, a, I, a missing leg still. You'd, I, be, you'd be in a wheelchair? Okay. Well, I mean, or I'd have like one of the... You know, or I'd be like the guy in... Uh, you know, Tiger King, who's got like Joker legs and still <laughs> fights tigers all day. I haven't seen it, so that's not yeah, fair. Oh, really? Yeah, um, he, he lost both legs and uh, he's got prosthetics and he's still like a tiger tamer, you know? Well, well, I need to just hear it from your mouth, even though I already know the answer. Is Michael, now that you've seen the entire series, mm-hmm. I assume you've seen the series? Yeah, of course. Every episode? Yeah. That's, is, what, I'm, that's what I'm here for, Lachlan. Is Michael Jordan the GOAT? Uh, not in my opinion. I don't think Michael Jordan is, is the greatest. How are we going to continue to have a podcast together? I don't think that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. Now, that's that, not what the, the, those those letters, the anagram "goat," greatest of all time. Yes, right. Is he the goat? No, 
Not in my opinion. Who's your goat? Of basketball, we're talking, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, LeBron James. Michael Jordan is my former greatest of all time. How can you be two greatest of all time? That's like when they say uh, New York Times bestseller, and there's like a hundred of them. Well, how is there a there, hundred bestsellers? No, there's a. There was the guy who was the greatest of all time, and then another guy came. And, all time is all time. It's forever. Right. But that's that's my point. He was until he wasn't. What do you mean? I, I'm saying that Michael Jordan when. I was watching basketball in the 90s, and I was watching Shaq and Kobe in the 2000s. I was ever I go, no one's okay. done it greater than Michael Jordan. So LeBron He's the greatest James. of all time. And then LeBron James came along, and I didn't say LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time when he just arrived. It took LeBron James doing everything that LeBron James has done in his career. He's a multi-time champion. He is, he's achieved team success, and he's achieved personal success that is greater than any player that's ever played. How about this? In terms of scoring he's, points, in he, terms of he's, rebounds, he's, whatever. He, he's done more for basketball than anyone else. Michael Jordan. Yes. Without a, yeah, without a doubt as a player, for sure. For sure. And, and as a businessman, too. Yeah. There would be no King James merchandise. I would say... If it wasn't for Michael Jordan I would breaking say the that ol- barrier down. I would say the only person that could uh, make a claim to that other than Michael Jordan is David Stern, who, who would definitely say Michael Jordan? Who who brought the NBA out of the prehistoric times of watching it on tape delay and mm-hmm. and and made it a world's game and said Larry and and Magic and this is a real thing and let's whatever and under his watch Michael Jordan was a player who he for sure saw Michael Jordan's greatness and marketability and whatever and he rode that he Michael Jordan showed him the money for sure no doubt yeah. about it and I think that you're probably right and I would say that the only person that could make a claim for doing some as much for the game of basketball as Michael Jordan would be David Stern because David Stern was doing it before and after Michael there was a down period after Michael left and there was and he found a way David Stern did find a way to turn the NBA and continue to grow it, which was, and this is one of the criticisms, in my opinion, of '90s basketball. It was the most watered down version of the NBA. It expanded very quickly. Thirty teams, thirty-two teams. They had the, they went to Canada and they did whatever, and they weren't having a lot of players from around the world. When Tony Kukoc joined the Bulls, it was like, okay, who's this foreigner? What the fuck's his deal? Post Michael Jordan. There was a little bit of a lack of there was a there was a talent issue for how many teams there were and David Stern welcomed the Tony Parkers and the Dirk Nowitzkis and the Manu Ginobili's and all the f- your European influence and the world influence that now has taken the game to an even greater level in my opinion I mean we've got Giannis is the reigning MVP the guy, the kid's Greek so while I agree with you. Uh, I would say that there's only one person that could even challenge him in that regard. Now, I'm speaking strictly as a basketball player, but okay, there's a lot of... Let, I, w- I would say as an icon. Okay. Let's say as an icon. Goat, LeBron, or Jordan? Oh, Jordan, without okay. a doubt. And and I think that that is, uh, again, that is, you know, the reason I think that Michael Jordan dominates the goat conversation when it comes to basketball is because of his icon status. I think there's a lot of people that are your and I's era... They can't have there. There's no way for one person to ever have the stature that Michael Jordan did in sport then, because it really was his popularity, and then and then corporations seeing how you know 
charming he was and how likable he was. And he did a great job of, of, you know, shaping that picture of himself, which is obviously a little bit been broken down by this documentary. And giving so much more than any basketball player had ever given to the corporate, the business world and the media. Exactly my point. I mean, to an exhausting level, he gave. But even more, even more on a global level, he picked, you know, obviously he made Nike. That's a, that, that's something that we, has been explained by this documentary. Not Prefontaine? He, he, he picked, you know, McDonald's and Haynes and Gatorade. And like he had, you know, in his pocketbook, five of the world's biggest brands all pushing Michael Jordan. All, there's, it's impossible to touch that sort of reach that he had at the time because now if, you know, Nike goes with LeBron or McDonald's goes with LeBron, somebody else goes, well, they're doing that. So we'll get James Harden to be the underwear guy. We'll get Chris Paul to sell insurance. There was a time where Michael Jordan was the guy selling you everything. Where to eat, what to drink, what to wear, what to wear on your feet. Right. The whole shebang. Saturday Night Live. Exactly. It was awesome. It was, yeah. That was my childhood. Yeah. Um, one of the great moments, can I tell you one of the great moments from that uh, docuseries? Yes, Absolutely. There was the famous scene against Portland in the finals where Jordan turns and gives the shrug and looks to, from the camera angle, it looks just to the crowd. Right. And as a kid at home, I I interpreted that as, um, what's going on? I don't know. I'm on fire. How is this happening? Right. Look at me. Yeah. Isn't this crazy? Like, and which I thought was still cool. Had no idea until watching this docu series. He was doing that to Magic on the sideline because of some stuff shit that they said at a, at a card game the night yeah. before. Yeah, and it was about Drexler. It was all about his feud with Drexler that, that you know Drexler deserved. Right. Well, that that's something also that's come out in this documentary is Michael Jordan has feuds with many many people. Some of them know that they're involved in feuds with Michael Jordan. Some of them have no idea. I right. think LeBradford Smith woke up last week and was like. Michael Jordan like set his mind on ruining me at one point. Can we bring up the LeBradford Smith story? That holy shit. <laughs> that Michael How how is how is he not the goat just hearing that story? Well, the th- the other thing is I'm the level of 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 mind uh perseverance. But LeBradford Smith said nothing to him. Well, it's argued that LeBradford Smith did actually go up to him and say that. There's there's still some controversy. Right. Uh, there's an interview floating around right now that he, uh, from a teammate or a guy who was at, on the court and said, no, LeBradford actually tracked him down and said something. I didn't hear what he said, but from Michael's face, you could tell. He didn't like it. Who knows? But the, if, if, even if you take that away, which I wish, I hope we do, I hope Michael made that up because that is some crazy fucking. I said to, I texted Andy Ruther today. I said, I'm just glad Michael Jordan had basketball because I'm not sure he wouldn't have been like Hitler or a mass murder or Manson or something like that. Like he has some sort of Gandhi. He has some How sort of cra- Gandhi. crazy. Well, it seems like he's a pretty, he had How a, about Jesus? He had a pretty, t- he had a pretty tough streak. Okay. So now we're going to go into this story. You're talking about how competitive he is. I agree. And, and also just, he had a mean streak for sure. Sure. So here's the story from last night. Makes him even more the goat. Um, there's a poisoned pizza. Story right. from last time. From Utah. So now the flu game has become the food poisoning game. Right. And they don't skate around. Like, they try to make it as clear as possible. The The security guy goes, and a bunch of guys come to the door, 
and they all deliver it. And I said, Mike, I don't know how I feel about it. They're basically saying that they feel a Utah pizza place poisoned Michael Jordan. Yeah. So that's what I interpreted. Yeah. So the director goes on, uh, the director of the documentary goes on Jalen Jacoby, which is an ESPN show. And he says, there's even more to this that was cut out. Uh, the group of security guys, the group of guys in Michael's posse, eat. They, they've eaten before Michael. And then Michael gets hungry and Michael's pissed. And he says, find me food. I don't care. Find me food. And they find him a pizza. God so, said, get me food. So when the pizza comes, Michael apparently tells these guys, none of you are eating this pizza. You're not to touch this pizza. You guys all ate. I didn't eat. No one has any of this pizza. And then he spit on the pizza. Wow. <laughs> Michael Jordan, number one basketball player that has ever walked the earth at the time, is spitting on his pizza so that his posse doesn't eat it. Let's talk about the facts. Because I don't, I, this is information I. I this is I don't information believe. from the director of the documentary that says basically this is. You know, he didn't want to get into the Michael Jordan spitting on his own pizza portion. So this is on the cutting room floor. But, wait, but, but the posse guys... But what about the context? We're missing the context. Was it to, as, as a joke? Because he was funny. He was very funny. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Have it was seen to, Space Jam? Yeah. It sounds like it was to make sure that his posse doesn't touch this pizza. But maybe as he's doing it, he's laughing and they're laughing. Maybe. You know, because a lot of the stuff that they were doing, you know, I read Michael Jordan took money from the staff... At the at the stadium, yeah, and then you look at the footage, and they're they're clowning around, having a great time, and they're playing with Michael Jordan. They should expect to lose some money to have such a great time. You're you're saying there's a a toll to hang out with Michael? Hell yeah, forty bucks, God, forty bucks a day to hang out with God. Now Michael did at one point call himself God in this documentary. Even. And he told him not to to cut that out. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, um, but the cutout spitting on a pizza. Now I have a th- I have a theory here because there's a lot of theories about this. About flu game, poison pizza game, whatever. This is so. There's two things. One, first of all, I'm not a doctor. We've covered that many times on this show. <laughs> yeah, you're wearing the outlaw mask. Yeah, I got the surgeon mask. Um, but I would love to hear from one of our doctor dirt balls. Is it possible that Michael Jordan poisoned himself with his own bacteria somehow? Like, can you if you just let your own spit sit and then you eat it like an hour later? Could that get you sick? Because no. No? It comes from the same place, Joe. Are we sure? You definitely aren't a doctor. Are we sure? that if Because your mouth has a lot of bacteria in it. That bacteria can change around when it's airborne for a little while. He would have to pull up a massive loogie from his lungs. Which we no, don't it, know he didn't it, do. It, no, it's not going to do it. <laughs> it's not going to do it. Because then you would have that virus in your lungs. So Right. Let me, so, let's, let's, now, here's my okay. other theory on, on flu game slash poison pizza game. Uh... Is it possible? M- Michael did a lot of things. I, I I feel like part of Michael's whole career was definitely creating these competitive things he needed. The championship wasn't enough. Right. It's but, still enough for LeBron. But there's also there's also a lot of we see a lot of this like he does have a lot of excuses for his failures. Mm. There's a lot of excuses for his failures. Like what? Like, you know, 95, oh, he didn't have his legs. 
You know, he averages 31.5 points a game in a Bro. series. He scores 55 he at the Garden. Up, he shows up in, like, game 58 of the season. Yeah, and goes off for 55 and has better stats in the 95 playoffs than he did the next year in ni- the 96 playoffs when they go 72-10. and 10. But suddenly, you know, in the Magic series, when Horace Grant's on the other team and he doesn't have a leading rebounder, his legs give out, and he can no longer see guys coming up behind him for steals. I don't know how... Your legs affect your eyes okay. behind your head. Anyway. I'll, I'll allow it, but anyway. watch yourself, counselor. <laughs> My point is, is there a little bit of, we're going back to Utah. It's 2-2. If we, lo- if we lose game five, we could really be on the ropes here. I'm going to play well, and we're going to win. But just in case we don't, I was poisoned. Well, Dirk Nowitzki did that, didn't he? And then he went on to win a championship. Yeah. You're saying that Dirk did the same? I'm saying a lot of guys. I mean, LeBron James came out after the Warriors series and suddenly had a, you know, cast on his hand because he punched the wall before. Like, I think guys, in retrospect, they'll be like, I built in this excuse just in case. The thing is, Michael came out and scored 45. But if you got, you've had food poisoning. Didn't you take a shit on your, in your pants on stage one time? Real food, food poisoning? poisoning is, is, I mean, is diarrhea I don't and have scientists surrounding me when I'm sick like he does. Mm-hmm. But it took me at least it takes at least twenty four hours to to recover and oh my god I just love I wouldn't the, be thinking about doing anything except being near a toilet I like the ninety the the nineties coverage of basketball it's like we go back and we see this footage of Michael sweating a lot and drinking Gatorade it's like that's what you do when you play basketball you sweat right. a lot like his like the the symptoms of his sickness are also the symptoms of playing in an NBA game well. And then he like, like hugs Scotty Pippen at one point. Hi, he he has scientists around him. Yeah, he had an IV. Food poisoning is a virus that evacuates your system very rapidly, but leaves you completely exhausted. Maybe the IV replaces that. My experience was you're shitting and piss puking for at least eighteen hours, yeah. and and what happens is your butthole can't hold it anymore because yeah. it's just water. And so you're leaking out of your butthole on a plane home from Seattle, and you're leaking in your hotel room, and you're leaking uh, and you're leaking in the Uber. Yeah, Look, I had I had food poisoning for a week. Um, it, you did really? Yeah. God damn. And uh, I got sick. I got sick on a Friday and didn't eat again until the following Thursday, which actually happened to be Thanksgiving Day. I went and because every time I tried to have a cracker, was it that was it that uh, Poblano? Yeah. From El Pollo Loco? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. we got you? Yeah, it was the poblano. I got you know, poblanoed. To this day, I we e- say I feel poblanoed. And I haven't eaten a, I haven't eaten at El Pollo Loco once since then. I don't and think I, I have And I feel, I feel a bit nauseous every time I see the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, idea, the idea of me watching a full basketball game without shitting my pants during that week is ludicrous. Right. Playing one at Elevation. <laughs> There's a lot of... There's a lot of back and forth on this, but I think really if you want to talk about dirt on Michael, there's only one piece to discuss, and that's that he, uh, when asked to back a candidate during an election mm-hmm. in North Carolina, he said he, bow- he bowed out of being in the limelight because, quote, and he admitted this, he said, Republicans buy shoes too, right? I'm I'm actually kidding. Like I don't need my basketball players to like. I, I, I'm totally fine with that. He was you know? a, he, the other guy was a outright 
racist and was quoted as saying he would segregate schools in party in his party. Right. So God, there's a there's a there's an opportunity there. Here's the thing I'll say about Michael Jordan versus some of the guys today, especially because of the social media climate, guys are forced to answer questions about things that they may or may not know about because a tweet from Daryl Morey six hours later has every NBA player needing to have a well-constructed opinion on the United States relationship with China. Right. You know? Good point. Whereas in the 90s, I'm not sure Michael Jordan knew who was running. You know what I mean? Like, he was clearly so focused on basketball that you're putting the guy under the spotlight here to to have an opinion on something he probably doesn't have a whole lot of information on. And I think a lot of people would be better off not speaking about things that they really don't know about. Right. And today, it seems like the internet is full of people that have an opinion about everything. People always call the Dirty Sports Hotline and say, how come you guys don't talk soccer more? How come you guys don't talk hockey? I thought this is a sports show. It's not dirty baseball, basketball, football. It's dirty sports. I go, I don't know shit about hockey, man. What do you want me to do? Embarrass myself pretending I know fucking hockey? What do you know about hockey? I know there's five guys plus a goalie. I know Gretzky was great at it. Do you know that Gretzky was the GOAT? Oh, yeah. Do you know that Gretzky, I went to the Hall of Fame, Hockey Hall of Fame, and it's all just Gretzky? Yeah. It's just, if you look at Gretzky's, Gretzky's I, I know fame. I know very little about hockey, but like even being He's a amazing. kid in the nineties watching SportsCenter and and getting the highlights and then being able to go back and look at that his records. His records broke more records than any other athlete professionally. His records are stupid good. Like when you talk about his records versus guys like Jordan and or Brady in football, it's like uh Wayne Gretzky has more points on assists alone than anybody has combined points and goals ever. He's the Kelly Slater of hockey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I actually said on this podcast after the first episode, Mike Wilbon said, Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan, Ali, that's the list. And I was like, I don't know if you're being... Wilbon doesn't know anything about hockey. I don't know if you're being racist or if you don't know hockey, but, like, Gretzky... Would you say Gretzky was greater at hockey than Michael Jordan was at... At baseball, obviously, but at basketball? Let's put it... I mean, they went to... Didn't they win four when he was in Edmonton? You, you, there's so many levels of... We, we, we had talked about um, icons, too. Uh, Gretzky was an icon. Uh, an icon where if he wasn't in the league, the league was done. Like Kelly Slater, if he's not in the league, the league's done. Like the PGA, when Tiger Woods is there, isn't there, it's done. Just like boxing with Muhammad Ali. When he wasn't fighting... No one was watching. Mm-hmm. I think the same of Jordan. I think the same of Jordan. I do. I think the same of LeBron. I hate to swing it back. I think. I think there'll be a little dip, but I think the league will be very successful without LeBron James. Well, now it is a players' league. Now they promote, like we talked about in the '90s. You didn't see a whole lot of like we're going to do. We're going to have a Clyde Drexler national commercial. Now the league has gotten smart to not put all its eggs in one basket. What do you think Clyde Drexler would sell in that commercial? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. Portland. But uh, I'm I'm looking at I'm trying to look up Gretzky because I want I know he won. Throw some throw some of your hockey fans a, a just a well I know a, some they, effort. I don't know why they did this where they only give us gold medals, but I know he won four with Edmonton. Correct. 
when he had Messier and then whatever. Yeah. Does he get another? Do, do they win when he's on the Kings? I here's here's my only Gretzky story. My dad actually took me to a game. He took me to see my Vancouver Canucks play the Edmonton Oilers during the Gretzky years. And it wasn't just Gretzky, by the way. It was Messier. It was Yari Curry. It was um, Grant Fuhrer in goal. I mean, there was also uh, Paul Coffey. And remind me, but there, here's when we got a penalty mm-hmm. and they brought those five on, the stadium booed. I've never seen that in sports because the stadium knew, the fans knew it was a goal and it was like cheating. And they booed the Oilers for cheating by putting all their best players on against just four measly Canucks. That's insane. I've never seen that since. I remember that. That's how good the Oilers were. They were the the, the 97 Bulls their entire 80s. So I just looked this up. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky won four Stanley Cups. He won them consecutively with the Oilers. Now, this will be the last thing that we do in sort of the GOAT comparison. Okay. Thing. I know for a fact that's not the most Stanley Cups anybody's ever won. Maurice Richard, probably. Right. I mean, even his own teammate, Messier, goes on to the Rangers and wins another one. He's got five, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Sure. I, I don't think anybody thinks that Mark Messier is better than Wayne Gretzky because he has more rings. Does Mark more Messier cups. have more? Did, did not Gretzky win one with the Kings? Yes. No, he did not. He didn't win one with the Kings? No, because it takes a, t- a team. You can't just be the best player in the world on a team that's not the best. Especially and, hockey. And win. Hockey especially. Right. And even football. though he, even though I think everybody agrees he's far away the best for a long time. Gretzky, yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, so I just I, I like to do that for the ring counters out there. I'm a I'm a New York guy. Stif- the only the only hockey the only great hockey moment in the history of my life is the Rangers winning. They took over New York. It was a big deal. Messier makes the prediction they're gonna win. He guarantees it. I'm not going. I'm not running up and down the street saying five is greater than four. Steve Kerr's got eight. SCA. Steve Steve Kerr has uh, five. Steve Kerr has five. Steve Kerr, has, Ori's got seven. Who Ori's got? Ori's ridiculous. Yeah. He just Michael shows jo- up. Michael Jordan is tied for tenth all time in championships. Robert Ori didn't he show up at, in a championship year at Houston? Big Shot Bob. Houston. He Big went, Shot Bob. Yeah. Big Shot Bob. He wins two in Houston as a youngin. Yeah. Uh, shows up in L.A. Yeah. Gets gets a gets a Spurs one. Gets a couple Spurs ones. Gets an LA one. It's insane. Yeah. The guy is just like he's like a he's like the luckiest player. He just hits a couple of great shots. But also, uh, like you know, there is clutch is a thing. He's and, clutch, and and he was the kind of guy who wasn't necessarily playing the big minutes on some of those teams. But to hit the big shot, he's got to be out there, which means that the Popoviches and you know the Tom John, all these guys think like. Yeah, I want this guy on the floor for the last minute of the game. But are they doing a docu-series on Robert Ori? No, of course not. Are because, they going to do one because, on the Spurs? No. Be, uh, well, you know, Popovich and the Spurs and Duncan, that's an interesting. It's super interesting. Yeah. I, 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 people are talking about all these different ones coming in. And at first, I'm like, no, it's just Jordan. Go away. Leave him. This is the greatest. But I want to hear more. I want to hear more about everything that went on. They're apparently doing a golf. Uh, they're doing a Tiger Woods slam. One about the, the year he won. That he held all four majors simultaneously. It's gonna be on the golf channel. I don't think it'll do the last dance numbers. Gonna be on Quibi. Yes. 
to be on the golf channel, which I believe is what uh, HGN becomes late at night or something like that. I think it shares yeah. a. It's a great. It's a great thing to put on when you need your kid to go to sleep. I I sleep to Jim Nance doing golf all the time. Right. Yeah. I miss I miss that. What did you think just overall about? Like, what, did it give you everything you wanted as a Michael Jordan '90s Bulls guy? Like, was this? It was amazing. It was absolutely fucking. It made me call my best friend from high school, and go, "We need to get all the gang together and zoom on this and zoom on the last dance." My best friend at the time, Bijan, was the biggest Magic Johnson fan. We went to high school together, and I, I mean, Magic, Magic Johnson underrated at this point. You think Magic Johnson's underrated? At this point, I do. I think his per- I think his post career personality, and I think uh, the 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 I think Jordan getting him and then him immediately leaving. I think Magic was starting to fall off a little bit, but we did see Magic play pretty darn well in '92 with the Dream Team. He won the All Star game. Yeah, and he played great in the All Star. I mean, that was a little bit of I think we'll talk, you know I think He's that was single- a little bit of the of that was back when the All Star game was like exhibition. Yeah, and they were like Magic, just shoot it every time. We're not guarding you. Because you, we don't know how AIDS works yet. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Malone won't even play. Um, That's right. Uh, but uh, but you know him. Fall, my, Magic had five, five titles in basically a ten year period, and Magic had five, five. Fuck yeah. Magic was great, and my and Magic. What a great team, too! And, uh, absolutely, and that was the difference, really. And I talked about this last episode. That was the difference, really, in the the eighties uh, NBA versus the nineties NBA. In the eighties NBA, you had teams that were stacked. Those those you also Celtics had, teams and Lakers teams were trading championships. I think another way to look at it too is you had teams that were didn't even belong in the league. Yeah. Exactly. And, and so it was just going to be the Lakers and the Celtics and the Sixers. And every every year for the 80s it was the Celtics or the Lakers and a lot and they met multiple times. But then you had, you know, you get a random year where like Portland would well. sneak in, yeah, Not or the Portland. Sixers would yeah. sneak in over one of them. And but for the most part it was these two rivalry teams going right. through it and they were loaded. They were loaded compared to this shit garbage that was going on in Chicago, yeah. for example. And I mean, Bob Butterbean Love was their star. But even in the 90s, you get into the 90s with Jordan, every team, and I want to talk about this because they didn't... I shouldn't have messed with Bob Love. In An NBA... Solid athlete. They did an NBA Inside Stuff 90s reunion last night after the last dance on Zoom. But in the 90s, you get into a point where basically every team has their marketable star. You know, Atlanta's got Dominique yep. and you know, uh Phoenix has Barkley and the Spurs have Robinson and the Knicks have Ewing. And what what goes underrated about the Bulls run is the Bulls had Michael Jordan, far and away the biggest star. But Scottie Pippen's like a top five Here NBA we player. Go with Scottie Pippen. Are we really gonna do this? I'm just saying Scott Scottie Pippen's a what? Where does he rank it? I mean he's better than Everyone on He's that the Bulls team, seven NBA player every year. Every single person on that Bulls team, in my opinion, Better is than more Coleman. successful. Derek Coleman, yeah, because he was surrounded by idiots. He had no no one to teach him. He had nobody to learn. I mean, you're from. not you're not disre- I mean, t- Scottie me- Pippen invented the point forward position. Scottie Pippen's a 
This guy, Michael Jordan was even the best defender on his own team for, for the yes, last. He was. For the three peat. He won Defensive Player of the Year. For the second three peat, he, he's, he's not even the top two player defensive player on his own team. You got you got Rodman and Pippen. I mean, Pippen. Let me let me, let me flip the s- subject. Okay, Steve Kerr. How many championships does he have as a coach? Uh, three. Do you think he owes any of those rings to Michael Jordan? No. Not anything from from watching and learning from the greatest. Oh, I mean, I'm sure it didn't. I'm sure it helped him to know what it took to be on a championship team. Absolutely. So you're admitting that the Golden State Warriors somehow uh, are s- more successful from. The sh- Michael Jordan and being, I'm sure, being on a Spurs team with Greg Popovich helped. But I think probably the most overriding thing also for Michael St- Jordan, for the most overriding thing for Steve Kerr's success, is the guy's a six-two white guy who played in the NBA. It takes an, it takes when you don't have the raw physical talent of other people. It takes commitment and it takes knowing the game more than other people and sacrifice knowing that this is you're a role player like he discussed he's like i got eight shot five shots did he say yeah i got i, I got i'm gonna get five shots in this game. but if you look at the if you look at the successful uh former players as coaches the successful coaches that used to be players yeah the majority of them aren't the stars west unselled decent coach right but i'm saying you, coach. you look at you look at like the Lenny Wilkins and the Don Nelsons and the Pat Rileys and those the who can't Phil Jacksons teach. exactly right. and the Steve Kerr's. You know how did Magic? How's Magic Johnson's coaching career? You know Larry Bird's was decent, uh, but you don't see a lot of the. I mean, Michael Jordan as an executive has been the antithesis of Michael Jordan as a player. Right. It. it you need a higher level of understanding of the game to succeed when you don't have the ability that other people have. Okay. Back to your story about why Magic Johnson isn't getting the respect he deserves for his five championships. Do you think it's because he became a commentator? Uh, I think it's because he, uh, I think it's because, well, first of all, I think the, again, it ending at the hands of Jordan and then him not really having an opportunity to, reassess or like whatever I'm not, I'm not saying that the Lakers go on but if he has an opportunity to even reach that peak again and you can see the latter days of Magic's career where he changed he came back and did the Jordan thing too like a post-retirement run and it was bad and I don't even remember that yeah it was bad for the Lakers yeah and he was like playing power forward basically a- after the league had forgiven him for having AIDS yeah they allowed him After to play? After he coached, I think he came back and played. Jesus. After his talk show? <laughs> I believe so, yeah. But I but that is part of it. I think his I think the personality that he puts out there, he puts out this gracious guy who's like gonna buy some movie theaters and the Dodgers and his tweets are horrific. And Michael Jordan has this mysterious thing and every story is about his killer instinct. He kept his mouth shut and let his game yeah. uh, uh, speak for itself. And I think magic Everybody's just kind of like, ha-ha, Magic Johnson. It's like, yo, Magic dominated. And cha- uh, was another one of those guys who is responsible for the game of basketball changing, and especially the I mean, transition era and all that stuff. So I just think he... I think a lot of people t- talk goats, mm-hmm. and not a lot of people throw Magic Johnson's name even in the mix. And I think... It's true, he's not in the mix. And I think it's he's a top five NBA player of all time. You might be right. I think that uh, I'm. I I don't disagree with you. I'm thinking that maybe magic had something to do with that. I once went to when I first moved to L.A. It was back in like '99. I went. My buddy's like, 
I was crashing. I was just visiting a friend, and he lived in Hollywood. And he said, do you want to go for a walk down to the La Brea Tar Pits? And I said, sure, let's go for a walk. So we went walking down there, and there was a field, uh, a, a football field down there. And there were little kids, little, little kids playing Pop Warner football. And I walked down there to watch the game with my buddy. And I didn't even realize that I was standing right next to Magic Johnson, and his kid was on the field. And he was shouting at his kid to a point where everyone could hear and everyone would respond, and he would shout and shout and shout. And he pretty much was just the loudest voice on the field. Denzel Washington was refing the game. And he was shouting at Denzel, and Denzel was shouting back at him. It was amazing. It was like, can you imagine just walking yeah. in to see that? Um, by the way, Magic Johnson's kid was absolutely the most unathletic turd on the field. But Magic was just a very loud talker, I yeah. noticed. I think that might be his curse. Yeah. It was a gift during the game because he was charming and he's, quote, magic. But I think that sometimes when you want to be remembered for your art, like Jordan, you got to keep your mouth shut. Magic went in, like I said, he had his own talk show. He started doing... Uh, his Twitter's con- like, I think the team that's going to win this game is going to be the one that scores the most points. And you're like, isn't there anybody there to tell you not to send that? He said that? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just the most... Basic obvious stuff. Captain obvious stuff all the time. You guys don't do that on your podcast, do you? What's that? Just, just the obvious know, things? Of course, they're a good team. They got a solid defense. Yeah. And they're playing against a good offense, so who knows? I'm basically running a... Uh, I'm basically running a LeBron James truther campaign over here. Like, we go... You know, I'm getting deep. So... All right. Good. <laughs> How is your relationship with Andy? It's fantastic, especially now that he's out of town. Right, except that you forgot uh, your SIM card was full. I got forgot my SIM card is was that, full. Is that normally Andy's job? Andy does everything. Yeah. Yeah. I just is show, that, I is just that, show up. Is that understood by the fans? I, I, I think I've made that blatantly clear at this point. I've, I don't even read our rundowns half the time. Um, and I think people appreciate, appreciate that for me. I think the way that there's things of Michael Jordan in the last dance where you're like, He's not a great guy, but, I mean, you can't argue with the results, mm-hmm. right? I'm the same way. I'm like, look, what if I read the rundown? Would then I be too prepared? You know, would then I be, uh, would, would it be less ranty and it would be, le- you know? What like, if I got the SIM card that wasn't full? Right. Would, I be, would, this, would we have to dub in? R- exactly. Would we have to restart the show? <laughs> exactly. We, you didn't, want, you didn't <laughs> want Magic Johnson playing in the triangle. You want Magic Johnson doing Showtime things. By the you way, know? Showtime. I know he's five championships, but God, if that looking back on Showtime, I'm like, this is boring. I mean, th- honestly, Lachlan, I'm glad you say that because this is my real. This is what is at the and I, I take it apart. I dissect it in many different ways, but this is my, the true crux of my. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time, and that is if you go back to the '80s and the '90s, it's like you're watching a game in slow motion it's like your vcr is stuck the game today is being played at a level that is unimaginable in the 80s and the 90s the idea of hakeem olajuwon just pulling up and making eight threes in a game is like unheard of meanwhile he's the exact same height and weight as kevin durant like the game is played at this extremely like it's the skill level is beyond what it's ever been and yes does lebron james have six or is he dominating the game as much as michael jordan dominated in the 90s no he's not 
But Michael Jordan's not dominating the game in the 90s as much as Bill Russell was in the 60s when he's playing with a bunch of white guys who have three jobs, and he's like, oh, should I just win every time? But he had his own challenges like racism. Sure, yeah. No, I'm not saying playing. I'm not saying being a black guy in Boston in 1960 or 2020 is easy, <laughs> but uh, y- you know what I'm saying. It's like the game for LeBron to be you know, head and shoulders for a lot of his career above the rest of the NBA when the NBA was at its highest level, to me, is what makes him the greatest. It's You're, just like, right, you know. I could, I could see why you think that. Like, LeBron James, I'll give you this. He's the greatest athlete that I think we've had in the 20th century, for sure. Like, let's say you had to rank yourself as a comedian today. But, but you can't. Um, are there, hell no. Let's just say, like, but you don't even have to say their names, but, like, how many guys would you say, like, man, there, there's, a, there's a couple guys above me, and they're these guys. Or maybe you think you're there's the 10,000 guys above me. Okay. There's 10,000 guys above you. Yeah. Okay. I think in the Catskills in the 50s, you're the best comedian alive. The Catskills in the 50s? Thank you. Yeah. Right. Because of because the like comedians. Because, like, my wife, take her. Because of those comedians from the Catskills in the in the. 40s, whatever right i owe it to them if it wasn't for them there would be no stand-up comedy and so i have to respect those people i gotta respect those people those are the goats a lot of them those are the guys who went through a lot more than i have to go through to be a comedian and so i'm always aware and respectful of the history of stand-up comedy i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to something we talked about yeah. and we're gonna tie it all together now i love it your special came out the same day as Jerry Seinfeld's. Mm-hmm. We both agree Jerry Seinfeld is, if he's not on the Mount Rushmore of comedy, he's like in the Mount Rushmore parking lot. Like he's, he's, he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation. He might be the Magic Johnson of the Mount Rushmore of comedy. <laughs> um, his off-the-field antics have hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> but Seinfeld the show, incredible. Seinfeld the comedian in the 90s and the 2000s, amazing. I made it through four and a half minutes, four minutes and 37 seconds of the new Seinfeld special because he comes out and he's like, what's the deal with people? People going out. Your friends are here. Yeah, you don't even like them. And I was like, I can't do this. Now, I think he's become a bit of a caricature of himself, but also I think it's evolved. What, Se- what, what Seinfeld was doing in the 90s, obs- he was taking observational humor to a level that it has never, had never been before. And now it seems sort of basic. It's Wizards Jordan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, I would consider you an observational comedian. On the same day, I watched your special start to finish, and I loved it. And I, I understand that we can say, hey, I couldn't be an observational comedian without Jerry Seinfeld. But you've taken it to another level. Thank you. Um Jerry Seinfeld, yeah, he taught me how to look at the world uh, through my mind and and question everything. That, that's sort of what Jerry does. He questions everything, and he writes it down, and that's kind of what I do. So I owe him. Um, you got through four minutes? Four, yeah, 4.37. And by the way, a minute of that, I think, is him jumping out of a helicopter. He jumps out of a helicopter so at the beginning. How much of the, the stand Yeah. You got through four minutes. I got through 10 more minutes. Okay. <laughs> and I love the man. Yeah. People compare me to him, which I hate. I don't. People say you sound like him. Gen, your I, general body type. 
I don't think I sound like him, but that people say I do. Uh, but yeah, Michael, or, or I, I think that Jerry Seinfeld is a little um, disconnected in this latest special. And perhaps it came out a year ago. Maybe this pandemic has sort of opened our eyes to what a completely different world. And when I watch it, I'm watching something that seems even older. Yeah. The energy is way too high. We talked about this, too. You jump out of a helicopter. How are you going to follow that? Yeah. He follows it by screaming. His... He's screaming the whole fucking thing. Yeah. I, I was hoping at some point he would downshift, but I didn't get I think, far enough to find out. Uh, he didn't. After t- 10 more minutes, he's still doing it. Yeah. Um, he's actually doing a lot of uh, a technique used by Tom Papa, who is a good friend of his, which bothers me. It's like he's Kobe Bryanting a bit. Yeah. He's doing Tom Papa. And he's using his material, but with the Tom Papa delivery, which is the power of threes, where you mm-hmm. say something three times, you keep saying it, repetition, and it can, essentially each time you say it, you, you, you heighten and you charge the audience. You give them a bit of a charge, and then on the punchline, they get to release that. And it's a, te- it's a, a bit of a psychological thing technique that i don't like i like a joke to speak for itself yeah you should only have to say it once say something once why say it again yeah (laughs) and Um, uh, this this is basically my feeling on you know 90s basketball versus today you could be the greatest of all time in the 90s and be the guy who made the greatest sitcom based on a comedian of all time and be having done more for comedians getting you know coffee than anybody's ever done ever and be responsible for you know getting comedic like the idea jerry's not to comedy what jordan was to basketball comedy would have been fine without jerry but there was no shoe deals like jordan got before jordan which means there are no shoe, shoe deals like we have today there's no spike lee directing commercials no, I understand. I've, I'm 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 going to agree with agreement okay. with you on that. Okay. Uh, we we do have some other sports news. Do you do you feel like you got everything you need to say about your love affair for the '90s Bulls and Michael Jordan? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope you don't start spitting on our pizzas. Uh, other sports Spit news. On my, own pizza. Uh, it's I, my own pizza, and it, those are those are slaves to Jordan. <laughs> they are his servants. We talked about. Uh, it was pretty great. There was an NBA Inside Stuff '90s I, reunion. All right, and um, if it, it's out there and you can watch it, if you want some some of just the highlights, uh, probably the foremost voice in um, NBA Twitter, worldwide Wob Rob Perez put out like a, a thread of like the best moments. But one of them is especially fascinating, if you ask me. And the Zoom call again had Ahmad Rashad, who's Another Michael Jordan employee, um, <laughs> Clyde Drexler, sure. Gary Payton, Shaq, David Robinson, Carl Malone, um, Ron Harper, like uh, uh, Barkley's in there. Barkley tells a great story about you know he asked for some rebounding help and they got him some guy from that was the le- <laughs> the leading rebounder in Italy. Uh, and he was like, "Come on, man, give me like a Jamal or a or a, like a you know a Kareem or something like that." Which I found really funny because the guy's name was Charles, so he was just shitting on the guys. And he's like, "He's not. He doesn't have a, even have a tough enough name." Meanwhile, he has the exact same name as Charles Barkley, which was fascinating. But the best one was 
uh, David Robinson's 71-point game, which was in his MVP season and which was in the year he won the scoring title, uh, Dominique Wilkins and Ron Harper share the story that they're both on the Clippers team who plays against David Robinson in that game. And they were instructed before the game, they were told before the game that them as starters were only going to play the first five minutes of the game. It was the end of the season. I it was remember. the end of the season. It was last game. So he's trying to score as many points as he can in hopes of winning the scoring title, locking down his MVP award, etc. They're, they, they're told they're going to play five minutes and then they're going to be taken out because apparently Donald Sterling, of all wow. people, wants uh, somebody in the Western Conference to have the scoring title. And this is all going to be to help. And by the way, David Robinson is in this Zoom call. So watching him react you to have, the, You've seen this? Yes. It's it's available for everybody. You can check it out on... The, the, if Rob Ruther Perez was here, he'd say you could check it out on our website. Yeah. But he's not, so find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, uh, Dominique and Ron Harper, Ron Harper's unbelievable. He basically just says the whole thing was, was horseshit, and like he couldn't believe that they were doing it. Dominique said he I'm like fuck <laughs> this bullshit. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, basically, Dominique said he like gotten his. He he like he left the game after five minutes and flew back to Atlanta immediately. Like they were they. Basically, just and they both what? were cool at saying, uh, "Look, Dave Robinson's incredible. He could score from anywhere, but he ain't scoring seventy-one against the starters. He's only scoring seventy-one because they basically said let him score as many points as he wants." That's a pussy time to break a record. Yeah, that's a pussy time to break a record. The last game of the season. Yeah, and Do- he and he didn't break the record. He just advanced his scoring title lead by scoring even more points. That's you know? a record. I'm sure seventy-one is a record in some way. Was it a Spurs right. record? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's probably it's probably it's got to be it's got to be in the top ten. I mean, it's got to be the top five scoring games of all time. You know, you've got what are the top five. I mean, Wilt scored a hundred. Uh, Kobe scored eighty-one. I mean, I gotta imagine seventy-one's pretty close to to the next. Yeah. Who's next? Yeah. Who cares? Right. Then you got guys like Carmelo just trying to score as many points as they can in a game and ruin my life as a Knicks fan and you know stuff like that. I think he scored sixty-two. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. So check that out. And, awesome. um, and, and what's David Robinson's reaction? Laughing his ass off. Really? Yeah. And kind of being like, you're probably, it seems like you guys are probably right. But he was also, he's also like, he half defends himself for a minute. He's, he's clueless. Like, what's that? He's clueless. He's clueless to this. Get the fuck he claims. out of here. Yeah. So, so, so this David a- Robinson comes off as the nicest guy. And like the, yeah. And he's so, I mean, yeah, he's in the Navy and the whole thing. And he's very, like, he's wearing a polo shirt. The rest of these, like, Shaq's, Shaq's in a tank top smoking a hookah the entire time. Gotta he lo- he looks this. like the caterpillar from fucking Alice in Wonderland. Gotta see this. Yeah. It's incredible. So, check that out. Um, golf and NASCAR came back in the last few days. Oh so, we're, sports are beginning. Have you have you tuned into any like are you are you desperate enough for sports that you'll like tune into something like that or you're like I got a kid to raise and a rabbit I got to surf ding <laughs> Yeah I I will watch surfing if it came back I don't know why surfing isn't back two guys in the water in a heat Yeah come on two guys can't sit in the middle of the ocean and surf the ding? travel I guess. I mean, a lot of these of guys course, are... Of course, yeah. There's yeah. travel, and there's no money in it, too. There's right. no money in, in holding a contest without a, an audience. Um, so my question for you in regards to sports coming back is this. What sport are you most hopeful... Like, if you could only pick one to come back, 
it comes back next and it comes back for a while, but that's not. Are you going with surfing? What sport? I don't know. I almost feel like NASCAR is perfect because it would piss off a lot of people if like NASCAR is going on. NASCAR's back. And then there's just nothing. And golf, like yeah. two two sports, and then it's like you're, super whiteness. So yeah, I, I think it's it's funny. I, it's just amusement. I don't have a TV. I watch highlights on my phone. And what do you watch? The Last Dance on your phone. I, so the Last Dance is a, is a show. It's a docu series. Right. I watch the fuck out of docu series and movies. What are you watching on your computer? Yeah, with you. You gave me that password. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank thank my brother. Thank you, John. Mikey. Is it John or Mikey? Mikey. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Hey, that's Joe right there. Hey, Joe. He drives through the alleys on his little motor, uh, uh, motor motorized bicycle. bicycle, crew beach cruiser. Um, but you're not like itching for you don't want an end, end of an NBA season or end of I'd a hockey NBA, season. NBA, NBA would be the the most exciting because also the Lakers were were close to you know making it to the finals. I feel bad for LeBron. I feel really bad for him. I don't know what that's like. That would be the equivalent of me not being able to release my comedy special. It was recorded the next day. Right. That'd be very heartbreaking. Yeah, basically. Luckily, I recorded it, and it's available for you now. Where, Joe? At LachlanPatterson.com. <laughs> basically, uh, CISO bought the Lakers season. <laughs> <laughs> so now you can't get anywhere. Um, <laughs> did you hear this story? Uh, did this, you hear this one? Did you hear, did you hear the one about... Uh, my New York Giants cornerback, first-round draft pick last year, DeAndre Baker, and uh, former Redskins turned Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar, armed robbery of a party in Florida. They pulled out guns. They demand they they demanded cash and watches. Apparently, Giants quarterback DeAndre Baker told somebody to shoot somebody. Uh, I guess that that person didn't listen to him, but. When you're robbing somebody, you always got to threaten to shoot somebody yeah. with a gun. What is wrong with, like, I understand that these guys are both youngish players. Quentin Dunbar is a bit of a bust. Uh, he's on his second team. DeAndre Baker <laughs> is, while it's only his first year in the league, he was terrible last year for my Giants. I dubbed him in honor of Stephen Baker, former Giant, DeAndre Baker, the touchdown maker, which you don't want as your nickname if you're a cornerback. No. <laughs> that just means guys are scoring on you a lot. For sure. But, uh, What's up, buddy? Uh, How are you feeling? The minimum... Sorry, bro. The minimum salary in the NFL is still a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like, why are these guys robbing people at gunpoint in Florida? Everybody needs a plan B. Who knows how long this lockout's going to be, Joe? What if your plan B was to rob people? What do you even do with watches during lockdown? <sighs> you yeah. sit on them and just offer up. Offer up. <laughs> Craigslist. I mean, the, oh man, cornerback. It's the easiest job. Cornerback. Corner's tough. Oh, it's tough physically, but yeah. there's no play calling. To oh, there's yeah. no study. Oh yeah, it's just guard that guy. But yeah, it's but you're brainless. running backwards while guys are bigger, physical, physically bigger and faster than you will run forward. The dumbest players on the field. Yeah, by far. But usually freak athletes. They have to be yeah. in short careers, unless you're Darren Sharper. Uh, WWE wrestler. I guess this I is kind of safety, a sport. Actually, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he played a little both, okay. and and also was a. Mass rapist, you know that. See, we're just adding to my theory. Yeah. of the stupidity. He was a. He was a. Did you say a mass rapist? Yeah, he raped like a lot of people. 
Really? Yeah. People? Darren Sharp. Yeah, women mostly. Okay. Darren Chopper, one of the most hottest hitting safeties in the league. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that voice? You don't know that? No. Oh my God. It's one of, it's probably the greatest. Is that that one you showed me where he's like, um, what's he say at the end? Uh fuck you, Gumby. You know that one? No, it's 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 a it's like from it's like way pre like Twitch days or whatever. It's a YouTube video of this guy playing Madden and he wins the game on a walk off like touchdown and he's doing a slow motion replay of how the play went and he, those are fun. Yeah, and he throws the ball. He throws the he's on he's the Packers and he throws the pass to God. Why am I blanking on the name now? Like the the Packers receiver and he's like and. And he's got a broken fucking leg. And he's like, look at him running down the field with a broken leg. And he's like, he's about to score. But oh, no. Oh, no. Here comes Darren Chopper, one of the most hottest hitting safeties in the league. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Are we going to post that on the, we'll, the website? We'll post that on the Dirty Sports website. Is Ruther around to post that? We'll post that and the Zoom call and <laughs> NBA Inside Stuff reunion. You wanted to talk about this. I guess it's sports. I guess wrestling, professional wrestling is a sport. Um, I threw this in because it's as current as it gets. Yeah. A WWE wrestler. The beach is open uh, here in California. He comes down here to Venice Beach. I heard the I heard the uh, helicopters out last night. I heard the sirens heard and that? whatever. It was yeah. right in front of your place. Right in front of my place. He goes out right around Venice Breakwater. And he, I guess because of, you know, Currents and undertow and whatever. Shad, Shad Gaspard. He is missing. Officials resume their search today for former WWE wrestling star Shad Gaspard. Doesn't sound like a very wrestling name. Sad. The microwave or but something. He's, I'm sure. he's very very muscular. I got yeah. I got and he's big. I gotta I gotta believe that he isn't a good swimmer. <laughs> It and was a, it was strong out there today, yesterday. Yeah, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a huge swell here. Yeah, four to six foot. There's a lot of current. There's a lot of current. And uh, bad weather. When they when they resume the next day, Ooh. this is yeah, just being honest. You, whenever I'm about to say something, back. yeah, they're just looking for a body now. We're gonna resume today. Yeah, yeah. If they've given up on your search, they think you're dead. The family has already. Put the candles out. Yeah. When it comes to the ocean, usually the next day, except when you're Tom Hanks, usually the next day. I don't think this wrestler got pulled up by the undertow and is now on like Catalina with a volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> it's terrible. So, it's a ter- <laughs> You better delete my laugh there because that was really <laughs> fucked up and I don't mean it. This is really sad. Yes. Shut up, guys. Seriously, there's a wrestler missing. It's sports news, so I thought I'd talk about yeah. it. Yeah. We can only hope he goes full Undertaker and just. Do you really sits want? Up, is this the up. audience we want? <laughs> we don't. You wanted you you you. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was gonna say. It's too bad. It's too bad the uh, SD card didn't give out right then. We're not gonna do that bit again. But now it's. But I am not letting you keep the SD card because I I need to keep my because I don't know when I'm gonna see you again. Right. With your cane. <laughs> When's the next time I want to run into you and get my SD card? My fi- the final story I have uh, in sports news it's it's one close to my heart. Bartolo Colon has come out and said that he wants to play one more year 
of Major League Baseball. I would I would assume he hopes that it's this year, 2020, should they play baseball. But he has made it very clear that he wants to spend that final year with my New York Mets. This is dumb. This is dumb? This is where you draw the line? <laughs> Why is he making any announcements right now? Well, he was he's a free agent. Right. And We're all free agents. He, and, I'm a free agent. Yeah. And he's not officially retired. And I think he makes this announcement because he's like, well, I just want everybody to know if there is a season that I'm willing to play. But also, he knows he's a Mets fan favorite, so he he includes that he wants it to be with the Mets. I think he's hoping for a, a bit of a social media campaign, maybe people pushing the Mets to sign him or whatever, which I'd be absolutely fine with, honestly. You like no, him? Noah Syndergaard was hurt, is hurt for the year. Yeah. And uh, who cares? Give us, do? This give year's us big done. sexy. Yeah. This year's done. Turn it into a novelty year. Just turn it into the start Bartolo every day. You don't even know what he looks like. I know he's fat. <laughs> he's going to be even fatter. Yeah. I love it. Good for him. You just need him to throw like eight pitches and you're good. Nine, yeah. Nine pitches. Yeah. I went down a, I went down a wormhole uh the other day of like reliving some great Mets moments from just the last few years. They make the World Series in twenty fifteen and I had completely forgotten that they actually in a very big situation in uh game four in Chicago in the NLCS, Chris Bryant up, bases loaded, they go to Bartolo Colon out of the pen and he just throws up he just throws a bunch of breaking balls away and gets Chris Bryant to chase and chase and chase, gets the Mets out of it with a strikeout. With bases loaded, yeah, god damn, nice, nice little forty-something-year-old Bartolo Colon relief appearance. I hope he didn't speak to anyone in the locker room at the end of that game. I, I hope he walked in there and said, "You're welcome," and then walked into the showers and everyone left. Well, alone. It, was, they, it was a sweep, so they won. And um, there's plenty of footage of him with you know Oakley ski goggles on and a giant cigar, yeah, just drinking and t- yeah. Soaking it up, so literally soaking it up. Yeah, he yeah. carried them. Yeah, <clears throat> it was nice. It was an, it was an, it was a nice moment for Bartolo Colon. So I w- I would welcome back with open arms to. Is that what you miss most baseball? Well, I would say uh, I don't I don't miss baseball the most, but it baseball right now. You know, we're in May. I'm missing that there's just not baseball like regular like that every day. There's not just baseball on. You know, right. Uh, you can't argue with. I mean, we would be in the midst of an NBA playoffs right now, so sure, it's hard not an to NHL want NHL playoffs. Yeah, show. it's hard not to want the NBA playoffs to be here. If you put a gun to my head and you're like, you get the whole baseball season right now, or just the NBA playoffs, I'm like, give me those playoffs. They're Lakers, Houston, right now. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, but there's something about spring and baseball and just it, it being background noise. Just there's always a baseball game on. I can throw on. Four o'clock every day, you know the East Coast games start playing. I'll, I usually throw them on uh, my t- like usually a Mets game right around four. I'll just throw it on and mm-hmm. sound off or sound on, just like have it as background noise. And when I'm doing whatever I'm doing at home, and I do I do miss that. What do you do instead? Now mm-hmm. I've been crushing movies in quarantine. Yeah, so many movies. Anything and, worth uh, me seeing? I've seen some garbage. I I've watched a lot of. Of good things, a lot of good and a lot of bad. People keep asking me like, "What the best one?" Is. I, I I'm telling anybody who'll listen. I think I've mentioned it on the show. Uh, I discovered this movie called Blaze about uh, Blaze Foley, musician, but it's directed by Ethan Hawke, and it's it's your it's kind of your standard music biopic, 
But what's great about it is, um, seem like every music biopics about like, you know, the, the, the hard times for Elton John. Remember when he was addicted to drugs or like Ray Charles, they're, they're all just addicted to drugs, you know right. what I mean? And, and, uh, but it's all sort of justified by the fact that they eventually become the person that, you know, you know, like, well, I know Elton John turned out okay. And you know, now he's sober and wearing little it turned out okay blaze, but, pink blazers everywhere and right? you know this guy's haircut and the whole thing um eating cupcakes yeah uh but blaze foley didn't really have a lot of commercial success while he was alive a little bit more but everybody in his uh circle and in in the you know sort of um, texas country americana thing they all consider him a legend so it's cool to have a movie about a guy who didn't get his due do you feel the connection with that? For sure, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You feel you didn't get your due? No, but I, I feel I feel like I'm more I, I, I what I definitely like about it and what I can relate to is how much his um how much his fellow artists appreciate him, whereas like he doesn't get the success of so even some of the other guys that he's working with. The back and, of the room. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, you are, you are a, a lo- beloved by the back of the room. I, I, you know, it's not something I I strive for, but it's it's always good to get those, to know that you're. Uh, Sometimes it's better. Yeah, to know you're appreciated by the people who are like working at the same thing that you are, and right. and um, the people who comedians find you funny. Yeah, it's always. Uh, he was definitely like a musician's musician. We never you never say that about music. We always say a comics comic. They probably say musicians, yeah. musicians. But he was a musician's musician, and and it's directed by Ethan Hawke, and right. it's great. He's and it's a really really good movie. So okay. check out Blaze. Well, I need to check out something now that the last dance is over. Yeah, probably watch some of the old games. Space Jam Two. See, that's that's not a goat move. <laughs> it's not a goat move to do part two of something. Sure. When you weren't in part one. I agree. I'm sure, they offered him a ton of money. Yeah. Um, are you more excited for Space Jam 2 or Top Gun 2? Top what 2? Top Gun 2. Top Gun 2. Yeah. Top Gun 2 because I know they're going to blow it. Just like they blew Point Break 2. Or Point, well, Point yeah, Break. Yeah, Point Break was just like a remake. Oh, my God. A reimagining. Would you... Would you could, uh, we went. Everyone, ha- everyone has their breaking point made me laugh as a logline because I'm like, okay, well, they don't even know what a Point Break is. Yeah. They don't even know what <laughs> yeah. they're talking about. And then when he just, you know, there, there's like one wave in the whole movie. You're like, oh, this is a, this is a movie about. There's, there's one wave in the whole movie, and it's at like Chopu, yeah. which isn't even a point break. It's towing. <laughs> yeah, it's towing, surfing. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, but I'm actually excited for Top Gun Maverick. I am too. I mean, anything with Tom Cruise, he deserves my money. He does his own stunts. He's he's a fucking stud. He's the goat. I, I'm I'm so excited to hear you say that. A lot of people, I think it's like the Scientology thing, is have been put off by Tom Cruise. Don't be and confused. Th- he's the goat. I have said this before, and I will say it again. And I'm 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 open to you guys tweeting at me and include Lachlan in it so he can hear some of your suggestions. But this. there have been some there have been some less than good Tom Cruise movies. But there's never been a movie that I've ever seen that Tom Cruise was bad in. Like, I think right. Tom Cruise is good in every movie. And that is very hard to find from any actor. 
And I always say, like, Nicholson is pretty great, but if but try watching Blood and Wine sometime with Steven Dorff and Jennifer Lopez and Michael Caine. Even Michael Caine's bad in that one. Pacino's in a new one on Netflix. It's the fucking worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, Pacino's got plenty of, like, you're like, what is Pacino doing? It's not about that. Yeah. It's about his level of commitment to the craft. It's insane. Even, I mean, watch Tropic Thunder. Yeah. In case you didn't think he was versatile. I haven't seen Rock of Ages, you know, which is uh, the Tom Cruise like hair musical. But Tom like, Cruise was in Rock of Ages. I think so. That was uh, Mark Wahlberg's movie, right? No, no, that was Rockstar. That was Rockstar. That's Rock yeah. of Ages. I think it's. I don't know. I didn't okay. see it. It's bad. I no. I don't. I don't know if it's bad. I think it did fine. But I'm just saying, like, there's there's movies. I haven't seen every single Tom Cruise movie, but every single Tom Cruise movie I've seen, he has brought it. I, my and and I'm not even gonna argue. I, I I did see the second. uh What's the one where he's just Jack Reacher? Mm-hmm. And it was a bit. It's an easy role. It was a bit easy role, and I think he was just taking a paycheck. But like, then you go to ones that you're like, oh, this is gonna be terrible. Like, like the there's one, one with Cameron Diaz where it's like, whatever and whatever, and I'm like, yeah. this is great. He's great in it. Right. Let die another day or die tomorrow yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Where he keeps repeating the same day. Yeah. He's Groundhog great. Day and a robot. That's great. Yeah. Oblivion. Dude, the dude brings it. I'm telling you. Yeah, these movies are terrible. Yeah. I agree they're terrible, but he brings it. I don't it. know what he does to get himself prepared. Maybe every, like I'd be interested to see if like the third the second unit director on every Tom Cruise movie is like Le Bradford Smith and he's just like, <laughs> fuck this guy. I'll show you he's the just, greatest actor in the world. He's constantly trying to prove himself. He and said he's not enough. <laughs> He said, nice, t- "Nice take, Tom." And I was <laughs> not enough to just yeah. be a, uh, in the movie. He has to be. The He's guy. so good that I've considered many times just being like, maybe the Scientology thing. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe uh, I should be a Scientologist. If they just weren't such buttholes, yeah, at the front door, they might get some people coming in and asking. But they're buttholes. Have you? Been at the front door of the Scientology. Yeah, you walk down Hollywood Boulevard, and they got the guys out there trying to help tell you tell you stuff, and they don't listen. And you're like, no thanks. And they keep talking. And you're like, you've already, you've already not listened. So you now you want me to go in there and be around people who don't listen? I got to say this, Lachlan. If you were a Scientologist, I feel like Lachlan Patterson live from Venice Beach would be available somewhere. Yes. <laughs> I agree. But it's not. But you know what is available somewhere? Lachlan Patterson's Dark White. The brand new comedy special came out just a couple weeks ago. It's available at LachlanPatterson.com. You can download it for free or you can pay Lachlan Patterson for it, which you should do because Lachlan is a comedian and there are no comedy clubs open. And uh, he's done a great job as our guest here. He has been the voice of opposition on this, what has turned into LeBron James slash Michael Jordan Truther podcast. We have brought in, for all of you Jordan fans out there, a, a voice of, of Michael. And uh, support Lachlan. Get his special. And you can also check my podcast out. It's called Lockdown. If you guys are just podcast guys. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. We do a lot of the bits that we used to do on the Kook of the Kooks of Comedy. We talk about surfing, and I tell a lot of new bits. It's just me usually, but we do it right here in the shack, and we have a f- empty SIM cards. I've been on. I've been on. Uh, I've made two appearances: one in person here in the shack, and one via phone call from a bench in in Venice. So check that out. 
And uh, what else you got, Lachlan? You got any dates coming up? <laughs> yeah, you can check me out. I'll be uh, I'll be cleaning out the bunny hutch on Thursday. That's this Thursday. This is my girlfriend's favorite bit, by the way. When you were doing your up- upcoming tasks, you, she, she she said she was laughing out loud. Oh, cool. Yeah, she, it was dumb. Yeah, but I like that she liked it. I like your girlfriend. She's cool. Well, that makes one of us. No, she's, she's kidding. She's cool. <laughs> you like her. No, she's great. She's, uh, no, she's, she's great. great. No, she's great. No, she's great. No, she's great. Um, <laughs> I love her. I love you. Um, does she listen to your podcast? Uh, she has, Oh, actually, she does. She 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 does the she does video versions of the dirty sports when Andy and I go live on YouTube. Okay. I think she uses it as background noise for her morning workouts, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the support, especially because she probably doesn't care about the Michael Jordan, LeBron James goat conversation. But she she does, likes relationship she stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have uh, this. Uh, my lady doesn't listen to my podcast. She's tried. I've been like, I talk about you on it, so yeah. to give her a reason to listen, and she listens to it one time. But she she'll turn on like a book on tape, and then on the on her cell phone and put her cell phone on the counter and then vacuum the house i don't know how that helps and she'll be like i just listened to a book on tape no you didn't yeah you didn't listen to anything <laughs> she didn't even put it like i mean with earbuds no then she'd be able to hear it so i listen to your podcast i'm like no you didn't you is there any chance she secretly listens to your podcast and makes you think she doesn't so that she can have information that you think she might not know you know she i had to do a had to do i do this cameo thing where you can go yeah people can pay people 20 pay bucks you. people you can pay 20 bucks if you're on cameo you can go on 20 for 20 bucks i'll say whatever you want to whoever you want With, without like 20 dollars 20 dollars you'll can i get you to for 20 dollars can i get you to say lebron james is the goat i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> stupid but um what's the price on that on cameo <laughs> to get you to say something you don't believe I always phrase it in a way that I believe it. So I'll be like, you know, some people believe LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. Those people are good people, and you should respect those people. <laughs> um, but she, uh, man, I can't remember what I was going to say. She's just, um, oh, she sat there while I did a cameo to a, someone about their family. You know, someone did lost their job because of the pandemic, and I'm trying to tell them to hang in there. And cheer them up within my comedy. And she's just sitting there. I've asked her three times to leave before I pressed record. And she just there's a lack when you there's a lack of respect for one's privacy. Yeah. Especially during this pandemic. Oh my god. Where am I supposed to go? Anywhere. Yeah. A walk. Guys, support Lachlan Patterson. Get his new special. Uh get on his cameo if you want a message from Lachlan. Uh we at the Dirty Sports, appreciate all the support that you've given to us. Keep supporting us. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Follow us on all the social media. Shout out to everybody who's been throwing de- uh, Venmo donations our way. Um, literally, when I go to the store and I can use my Venmo card to buy Miller Lite, which I did to bring over here for this, uh, the official sponsor of the Dirty Sports podcast I brought over here to the factory. When I man. pay for it with fan donations, if it tastes extra good. So shout out to everybody who's given us some Venmo donations for beers. Thanks for the beers, guys. And uh, get Lachlan special, dark white. and Let me know what you think. Let him know what you think. 
and stay dirty. <laughs>